What up? What up? What up? Rec League Podcast. This is episode number 20. If you've been rocking with me since I started, man, it is highly appreciated. Um, You know, I don't claim to be no professional at this. None of my homies that be on the show guest appearing claim to be professionals at this. We know enough to hold court, man. That's exactly what Rec League is, man. We're not your first choice. But it's like we the Walmart of podcasts, man. We got a little bit of everything. So you come for one thing. You come for sports. Hopefully you listen to movies. You come for for movies. Hopefully you stick around to hear me spit a little bit of bars, man. But, uh, you know, it's crazy because we going to uh, talk about my guys, Nick Goodman, Eric Sigmund. We, we're going to talk about the first six months, the year of... 2019 is officially halfway over. So we're going to talk about the first six months in movies. Um, And then I'm going to talk like NBA free agency, like literally just started. You might be able to catch ESPN in a reflection of my glasses. But um, I mean, I'm going to talk about what's rumored. I'm going to talk about what I've seen. You know what I'm saying? We might break some stuff down and... um. Then we about to then I'm gonna spit some bars, man, because I got I got old man Lawrence and, and Legacy and I they just they have issues as to why they're not able to jump into an episode, you know, technical difficulties or you know, they just are unreachable, you know what I'm saying? Like like life happens, like I don't know what to say. Um I do know what to say about these uh, poll questions, though. And we about to find these poll questions right quick. And because I know I did a couple last week. So we're about to I'm about to find some results right quick. Toy Story Child's Play came out last week. So my poll question was. And I think on the other, on the last episode, I told y'all uh, what I was going to do. Toy Story 4 comes out this weekend. So what's your favorite Pixar franchise? Not just favorite Pixar movie. Like, it needs a, to be at least have a sequel. So the choices were Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, and The Incredibles. And if you wanted to comment Cars, that was fine, too. Because, you know, there's three Cars movies. But um, Toy Story won this 100%. That, that's all that needs to be said. And then I did Child's Play coming out. For better or worse, the Child's Play remake comes out this weekend, which is your favorite slasher remake. Um, The choices were 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre, 2007 Halloween, uh, 2009 Friday the 13th, and 2010 A Nightmare on Elm Street. And winning this with 50% was the Halloween remake. And Texas Chainsaw got 38, Friday the 13th got 13, ironically, and no votes for the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Super in the minority because I don't hate the Nightmare the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Like, I just don't hate it, I'm sorry. And then I was being a smartass, and a last-minute poll I ran was, does Child's Play make opening day... Or does, does Child's Play, that's my bad, I, I misspoke. Does Child's Play make opening weekend what Toy Story will make opening day? And on a real, 
Toy Story made like 30 million opening day, probably more. I don't know what Toy Story made opening day, but it was more than what Child's Play made opening weekend. And no no one this poll 70-30. And then for this past weekend, I said cuz Danny Boyle come out with yesterday, like I want to see yesterday. It didn't come to my theater. But Danny Boyle passed on James Bond to do this movie to do yesterday from what I from what I heard so I see yesterday's coming out what's your favorite Danny Boyle movie the choices were train spotting 28 days later slumdog millionaire and Steve Jobs at 44 percent 28 days later won this poll um Steve Jobs got 23 slumdog got 22 and train spotting surprisingly got 11 I thought, you know, it's like a cult classic. I thought more people would have voted for Train Spotting. And then uh Old Man Lawrence was on Twitter and he was trying to vouch for the beach and you know other other movies, Sunshine, other movies Danny Boyle's done. Danny Boyle's done a lot of underrated stuff, man. And um that's gonna take me to the new releases before we jump into the movie stuff. That's gonna take me to the new releases in on Blu-ray and in the theater. And um recently in the theater, like I said, like Annabelle came out. You know, I Child's Play Toy Story came out. Those reviews are on my channel. Look for those. And then um an Annabelle movie came out, like the third Annabelle movie came out. Danny Boyle's Yesterday came out. And Upcoming in between episodes, Spider-Man: Far From Home comes out on Tuesday. So if you if you think that's coming out on like Friday, then you're gonna be late. So uh, Spider-Man comes out on Tuesday. Midsummer, I think, comes out on Wednesday. I don't think there's a Friday release on July 5th. And then the week after that, the 12th of July. Stuber comes out with Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani. That I hope I, that looks funny. I I hope it's good. And then Crawl comes out like the new like creature alligator horror whatever it might be. There's like a flood and there's an alligator. That's all I know. I might check that out. I'm not concrete sure yet. And then by then we'll be on to the next episode of. You know, Rec League Podcast will be officially able to drink at episode 21. And then Blu-ray, man, like Blu-rays are kind of light. Over the past couple weeks, you know, in between episodes, Us came out on Blu-ray, Dumbo came out on Blu-ray. I got both of those. But like nothing, there's nothing that I want to buy this Tuesday. And then the 9th of July, the only thing that I know that I want to get is the final season of Gotham. The final season of Gotham comes out, and then I think they're doing like a full series box set. But like it's 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 a light few weeks for for movie collectors. And then next episode on the fourteenth, I wanna I wanna talk to movie collectors. So hopefully hopefully I can get a handful of people that are down to let me ask them a few questions about their movie collection because it's it's a fun idea. I just need participation and um when i return i will be accompanied by some homies and we're just going to talk about the few the first six months of of movie releases man stay tuned rec league podcast man
Okay, we about to uh, we about to talk movies right quick. Well, knowing us, it ain't gonna be right quick. We gonna be here probably until Fourth of July. Um, but it's the end of June, so that means the first half of the year is over. And I kind of just wanted to recap the first half of 2019, all all the way since New Year's. What came out that first weekend? I know I know Eric. No, it was uh, Escape Room, his his top movie of the year. Spoiler alert. <laughs> And then going all the way to uh, to yesterday that just came out that I sadly didn't watch. So, um, Eric, since you was here last, since you jump into the Skype last, you gonna start off with let's go, let's go. Um, most surprising first, not necessarily best, but something that you ain't expect much from, and you know you ended up liking it. I uh, have to go with, and I don't know if it's. Cause I'm an old school wrestling fan. It's um, fighting with my family. Yes, that was um, a real pleasant surprise. I was interested in it when it came out, but yeah. I didn't expect it to be as good as it was. But um, yeah, that, that's on a smaller scale. Um, the biggest, well, any scale, probably the biggest surprise to me. Yeah, I think. But, I missed that one in theaters, and I watched it within, like, the first week the Blu-ray came out. It, it was good. Yes. That came out. That was my number one for the year for, like, hmm. a week or two. Like, God, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I was like, that was also probably my surprising one because I – just good. It was like an old-fashioned, just, like, underdog story. Just, right. Yeah. Just, I wonder how accurate it is. Has anybody come out and, like, said, like, tried to, like – Say like this didn't really happen, or not that I know of. I think that's again haven't heard anything. Well, after I'm done with you guys, I'm gonna have to like hit up the Rock on my two way and ask him like, did you pull Paige (laughs) into the room right before WrestleMania? I I feel like he wasn't involved. Yeah, I feel like he probably had a talk with her. Like he's like, look, we're gonna make a movie about you. Yeah, but I have to be in it. She's probably like, okay. Yeah, yeah, we have to and sell then, the movie, so who better? And then we're going to get Vince Vaughn, because our chemistry in Be Cool was off the charts. <laughs> wow, that's true, isn't it? <laughs> they right. were in that movie. No, I watched that a few days ago. They were still the highlights of that movie. Yeah. Twinkle, twinkle, man, baby. It... <laughs> but, uh, Vince Vaughn. Man, Nick, yeah. you checking uh, Fighting With My Family, too? Do what? You're... Well, um... It might be on there. I, I thought it looked really good. Like, mm-hmm. going into it, I was, I'm seeing that for sure. That just looks good. And it was most surprising. I don't know if I have a single most surprising. I was surprised that Detective Pikachu wasn't trash. That, like, came to mind just a second ago when I looked at my... I just remember thinking... I was like, I can't believe this is real. Like, I can't believe they're actually... Like, this is what they're doing with a Pokemon movie that like people have wanted for years and years and like this is what they did with it so i was like real cautious and it was it wasn't high art but it was entertaining <laughs> I, I was into it and like the whole like as it went on like the reason he talked made sense and i was worried that he was just gonna be talking because because ryan reynolds hollywood and i was like oh and so that might take it for like most surprise. Like I was most surprised that that didn't suck. When we did the summer preview, were you serious about like knowing like all the lore and characters and all that? Yeah. Well, like at least like the original, 
like I guess it was like the original 150, like the first two or three games. Yeah. Like I, it was life to me. Like I knew all of it. I knew every, you know, special moves and their names and everything. There were a couple in the movie that I like. I think were newer or like a generation or two removed that I didn't know. Yeah. Like, I was like, but I, I, it didn't. I thought Pikachu was cool. Like I plan on buying it, but as far as like knowing anything that was going on, I was pretty lost. <laughs> yes, same here. Yes, I knew Pikachu and what's the other one? Squirtles. I'm lost. <laughs> I think I've heard that name. He's a water type. He's a. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, um, the Detective Pikachu movie, uh, a neat nod, um, mild spoilers. Well, not even when he walked into his father's apartment and what was on the TV. Yeah, Home Alone. Yeah, the Home Alone movie within the movie that was a pretty yeah. neat nod. A lot of people. <laughs> I think I remember trying to think. There were like two movie references, and that was the one that I remembered in my review. And now I can't remember the other one. But I remember in Child's Play, I remember the RoboCop toy. After the Star Wars reference, um, <laughs> I think I think for most surprise, maybe not most surprising, but I want to talk about Longshot because like I thought it. I thought it looked good, like I'm a big Seth Rogen guy, but then it was just way better than I ever anticipated. And the chemistry between Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen was crazy. It was it was funny as a Seth Rogen movie usually is, and then I don't know, I just liked it a lot more than I thought I was. Like right now, it's in my top five. Mm, nice. Unfortunately, the trailer was really generic. And it's like, not like bad, but just, you know, in a like, year, man, I got to run out, you know. In a year with those horrible Men in Black trailers, I'm not hating on Longshot's trailers. Yeah. No, it's not bad, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying. It's, yeah. Yeah, no, the Men in Black, yeah, that that's First category of just bad trailers. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, so what we got next? Uh, most, let's go most disappointing. Nick, start us off with most disappointing, like something you was excited to see and just walked out like you might not go to another movie ever. Right. <laughs> that might be over-exaggerating. Yeah. I'll do one that we were just talking about, and then I've got another one that's, like, on a different level. But, okay, we were, um, we've talked about the movie Captive State. Yeah. <laughs> might land on my most disappointing. Like, it wasn't 100% just horrible, but it, like, the I don't know like all the marketing and everything for it just made it look like this big weird like mystery like what is this all about and it was basically never told you like yeah. it did like just watching it I was as lost like leaving the theater as I was going into it I was like wait I've got like 50 new questions and I <laughs> like I, I think I said like I felt like I fell asleep during the movie like it was almost like I missed something and I was like I know I didn't doze off watch <laughs> there was like one or two other people in the theater and I was like I know like they would have like I would have noticed like if I fell asleep <laughs> that might that'll probably land on my most just like it had potential and just fumbled the ball like so far I haven't seen any like there haven't been for me any like big tentpole movies that have been just disasters yeah uh and this is probably gonna make people mad but it's not 
in terms of disappointing is a strong word, but the movie, I feel like everyone loved, and I feel like I'm the only one that was like, eh, like it was good. It was. I would even say it was really good for like what it was, but I, I think my expectations were too high. After Get Out and like rewatching Get Out, which one? Because you, you, I think you glitched. Like as soon, it was perfect. As soon as you said the title, you glitched on my screen. Oh, the movie Us. Okay, you might be banned from the podcast. I was, I was, no, I'm just playing. Act so hard to that. That was easy. Yeah. I was saying like I wasn't. I didn't say I was disappointed or anything or let down or anything. I thought it was a good movie. It's yeah. Still, even with the horror movies of the year, I think it's ranking pretty high. Uh, I just think my hopes, like my expectations, were a little too high for it, and I was expecting something like different. So I think it's like worthy of mentioning, like as far as like I went in there thinking like this is gonna be it, like this is gonna be number one, and I was like scratched my head kind of more than I wanted to be. But it's more, I don't know. I what's cool about that movie is that almost everybody that's seen it has had a different yeah. opinion. Uh, us has been pretty divisive different out of it so I've seen people like love it like claw their eyes out say it was like the greatest thing I've seen people just trash it but I think it's worth mentioning that that was one I had my hopes really no high way. for and it was kind of like now let me ask you you mentioned um, seeing Get Out several times right yeah. how many times have you seen us only once to be fair I haven't I watched it yeah just my initial, and I even thought of that after I was like, you know, that would probably benefit from some rewatch. It will. But. I want to yeah. rewatch Us. Maybe mm-hmm. going back, knowing what I know. Yeah. Maybe. It's definitely a movie that, um, because it's not a very, even when Get Out at first, you, you watched it, um, I was the same way with you, with Get Out, it's like, oh, it's okay. Then I saw it two more times, I'm like, whoa. Yeah. We started to, we spoke about it, the, the nuances, the, you know, things, like you said, now you know what you know, you go back, and I think it's a better movie with subsequent viewings, and Us, which I've seen three times, is the same way. Yeah, I'll have to schedule a rewatch for that. I like Get Out on the get-go. Like, I stood up, I was like, what? that was awesome. <laughs> watch and I was like, you catch little things, and then, like, people online are just like, did you all notice this? Yeah. I was like, the guy that just voiced the stuffed animal directed Us. And I was just, yeah. <laughs> that's true. That's, that's a disappointing, strong word. Like, I wouldn't say I was disappointed in it, but I was, that's been, like, one of the glaring ones of the year where, like, my hopes were, like, through the sky, and I left, like, yes, I like that. I think I like that. If but, man, yeah. I'm kind of torn. I, I guess I can go Men in Black. <laughs> and... It's just like, and I don't know, like other pages. I think like most of us like mess with on on Instagram and other social media platforms. Every time a movie that's expected to make like a bazillion dollars makes like like twenty bucks, all this dirt comes out. Well, this was going on behind the scenes. This studio, this director, and it's true. apparently F. Gary Gray like almost bailed on Men in Black, and like you can you can tell. Cause like it just it doesn't feel like he completely had it in like like Fate of the Furious might be one of the lesser movies in that franchise but it's still fun the action is still great and 
just rewatching like all his movies, like even even Be Cool, which is probably my least favorite F. Gary Gray movie before Men in Black, it still has elements of fun. And th- mm-hmm. this this was literally banking on well, you liked them in Thor Ragnarok, so come see them fight aliens. And Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth are good, but they're not Thor Ragnarok great. And everybody talking about Kumail and Anjiani, like he was annoying as hell to me. He, they were trying to like, oh, this is the Korg for the Men in Black world, like, yeah. it, like man, it's not working. And I saw the plot twist coming as soon as they mentioned what was going on. I was like, okay, they're setting this up, but it's really this. And I was just like, okay, there it is. Mm-hmm. And, plot twist was nothing. Like I called it like an hour. And let me tell you, oh, I'm sorry, Nick. But uh, because of you, uh, Randy, I didn't go see the movie. And I think um, the first review I actually got. Word. And it's just, yeah. And then they start rolling in, rolling in, rolling in. Like, should I really spend my money on this movie? So you're going to let me get your cash app so I can get your price of admission because I saved you that money. So let me help me pay a bit. <laughs> That's interesting. but And I heard about that, too. I'm not, I don't know what it is, but if, now that I know it's a, a plot twist, is yeah. But even if from like everybody said the same thing, it's just so um, obvious. Whatever yeah. it is, it, I, I didn't hate Men in Black. I think that like oh, nobody hates Men in Black, the original I, from nineteen ninety seven. Oh no, modern classic. <laughs> no. Almost like my expectations for the new one were very low. That I almost liked it more than I thought I would. <laughs> I think maybe now that I've watched it and like processed it because it was a lot to process it uh i you know more or less about what i was expecting like it was pretty middle of the road that's what's disappointing i think about it because yeah we talked about like most of the other ones are at least like good like the first one's great second one's good i think third one's really good so this one it's like comparing to those it was it was very blah yeah it's like with all the people that bash Men in Black 2, if all the movies ever just disappeared from Thanos from existence and Men in Black International and Men in Black 2 were on the table, I'm watching Men in Black 2. I'm watching Men in Black 2 wow. more than once a day. Like, I'm, I'm going to be like, well, that's over. Start yeah. it again. Damn. Yeah. Now I, I like really it. don't want to see it because I hate Men in Black 2. Oh, man. I like Men in Black 2. <laughs> I, I don't understand why everyone just... Yeah, like, I like it for what it is. It's not as good as the first one. No, hell no. That's probably the worst thing I can say about Men in Black 2. It's like, yeah, it's not as good as the The humor for International just doesn't hit. And there, there's a scene, if I can paint this clear enough, Nick, you'll know what I'm talking about. But they spend like an extensive amount of time like repairing something. And as soon as it cuts to the next scene, we never see what they're working on for the rest of the movie. <laughs> and that just, just annoyed me so much. Just a chance for them to like talk. Yeah, it was supposed to be like a bonding moment. Don't worry and about I this thing anymore. Fine, it it worked, but it was like, you know, it wasn't exactly Iron Man and Nebula repairing yeah. the ship. Yeah, we know why they're doing that. Right. All the enjoyment like, in Men in Black comes from Tessa Thompson, in my opinion. She's great. Yeah. Like, that's the biggest positive like I said like you saw my review Eric man that's the biggest mm-hmm. positive I can give the movie yeah they even like Chris Hemsworth character like I like the whole movie I was kinda like why is he supposed to be this the man but yeah. he acted like this and she even acknowledges it 
in the movie and it, they don't really do anything with it but I was like oh at least she acknowledged it like at least mm. like, why is he supposed to be like this kind of person and he's acting like this kind of person it was almost like like he said it was F. Gary Gray it was like he was a director for hire almost yeah. like I think of like Kevin Smith doing Cop Out like that's always <laughs> kind of, like, not bad like it's really not bad yeah. it's just kind of like anybody really could have just sat there and been like alright cut and and that weekend <laughs> Like, with that weekend, I swear, like, F. Gary Gray and Tim Story just should have switched jobs. Like, F. Gary should have did the Shaft reboot, and Tim Story should have did Men in Black. Who knows if either movie would have improved, but... It's interesting. I like Shaft. Yeah. I might, I might put that on my surprising, because I, like, I laughed my ass off watching... I did, too. I thought Shaft was fun. ...about don't watch how the sausage is made or whatever, and he was like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, <laughs> I was, like, sitting there rolling, like, I don't know. That was just one of those that I was just like, oh, Shaft is coming. Let's watch Shaft. Like, I didn't expect to... Eh, maybe put that on my most surprising. Let's just rewise. Hey, we'll hey, hey. We're, we're getting ahead of the game. Let's let Mr. Sigmund talk about his disappointments. <laughs> no, <talk> about <laughs> no, that's... I <laughs> uh, probably would want to talk about Shaft, the movie I'm about to bring up. And it seems to be more, more so than the last few years. The constant is... Bad movie, like you said, Randy, behind the scenes trouble. Um, bad movie behind the scenes trouble. And most disappointing, Hell Boy. Oh, I thought you were going somewhere else. I thought you were too. <laughs> <laughs> I was up here like, no, the X Men. And, um, and I was I was thinking about going Dark Phoenix, but that's just too easy. And um, no, but Hell Boy is. You could tell when a movie even when it doesn't make a lot of money and it's good, you can tell when a movie is a labor of love and it's all on the screen even behind a big budget like um, Avengers you could tell it was yeah, with all of the you know everything that's on the screen That's a, I went to go see the re-release and it still doesn't feel like a three hour movie you know and but Hellboy was just a mess now I need to know and, what was what was the new stuff in, in Avengers though. Well, well, a little sad note with that. Um, people seem to be confused with um with that. It's not a director's cut. It's not extended. It's extra footage. All the extra footage is at the end of the movie. Yeah. After the credits and and there are little seconds of added. Like um okay when. Um, Peter Parker and Ned when they see each other at high school it's like extended by three seconds but that's the type of silly stuff I noticed do they kiss I wanted to say this but you know it's just good to see it again but um so when Far From Home starts they'll still be hugging (laughs) it's it's basically like they they do the handshake for (laughs) two and a half extra seconds but Anyway, back to Hellboy. Is now we speak about um, expectations, Nick. You were talking about, and I try to go into every movie I watch with, no matter how much stuff I hear that I hear. I try to go in on an even plane, and whether it's Child's Play or a remake, whatever. And Hellboy, it, it was just very, very. It's like man, um, they should have just gave Guillermo the money to make his third movie. That's because, um, exactly why I feel like nobody watched this one. Because it was one of those, like, Twitter 
not my yeah. not my Hellboy. It's not Ron Perlman. Yeah. I'm not going to see it. And I didn't go in like that. I like Dave um, David Harbor, right? Yeah. That's his name. Yeah, Sheriff I Hopper. Acting. I was excited to see what he wanted to do with the character. Address him and by his proper title. It's Sheriff Hopper. There you go. And <laughs> that's that's his signature character now. All right. But it's now Hellboy was yeah and yeah that's that's the disappointing disappointing with a capital no all caps skip capital D <laughs> and uh, I came out like you know mad I haven't <laughs> Dark Phoenix I expected to not be good but I didn't let that bother me I went to go see it anyway but Hellboy with the director of it um I forget his name directed some awesome movies Neil something uh Neil Marshall there you go and even without knowing any of the behind the scenes crap that went on and you know how we're into movies um being movie buff cinephile or whatnot you could it's certain things we see and you could tell something was wrong and that just spilled off the screen for me and even without that the movie was just like discombobulated and it, it just wasn't entertaining it's like man yeah and i could go all day it was it was very like keyword disappointing like damn you go out the theater see a random person like, like what the fuck you looking at you know <laughs> it made me mad like that that's like man yeah what but that's that's, that's my answer and hellboy the hell with hellboy the remake <laughs> I didn't like Hellboy was another one that I just my expectations were not high, so I can't say I was let down by it. But it's it's pretty low in terms of like my I love the originals. Like I thought the first yeah. Hellboy was great. I thought the second Hellboy to me like I I think I put that on a pedestal like yeah. Yep. Second Hellboy movie is so good to me. So Guillermo with comic book second parts blade 2 hellboy 2 yeah it was like he did pan's labyrinth so they were like all right we'll pay you way more money and like let you have more free reign if you just promise you'll make a hellboy 2 and he was like yeah and yeah. he like did it and it was more fantasy stuff like i just i like melted over hellboy 2 like i can't mm-hmm. like it's so good so i was already like i'd rather not have a new hellboy movie than get not get a hellboy three like i was i was already like in that boat like i was like i just don't even want this but i saw it and like it was almost like it was just like they were trying to be more like the comic book like as much as possible like trying to be darker and like more violent and it was almost like too much of a good thing like it just ended up being a mess yeah kind of similar to the punisher Warzone movie <laughs> like let's do it different than the first time we did it and it was just like let's throw everything we can yeah. at the fan and just see what sticks to the walls <laughs> yeah and when the fan is broken it, throw some more stuff at it I, I didn't hate like there were there were definitely parts of it that I liked like I like when he was fighting the giants like I remember thinking that yeah. was dope yeah that's not bad but like it wasn't. yeah spoiler he fights giants <laughs> <laughs> yeah I didn't wasn't great. Like it wasn't a great argument to remake Hellboy. Like I was like, you could have just not done that. Yeah. And yeah, it's. But yeah, that's 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 it for me. Just just Hellboy. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's 
I don't really want to start like worst either, cause I, I haven't seen like like I said I think I said off wax it might even be at the beginning of the show. I haven't seen anything that I've just outright hated, and my initial child's play reaction has gotten a bit nicer. So I'm gonna repeat Nick's most disappointing and just say my worst of the year is Captive State. It it didn't come to my theater, so mm. I bought the Blu-ray, and I'm kind of starting to think that Rupert White just might still, eight years later, be coasting off Rise of the Planet of the Apes, because this trailer looks like like Alien Invasion Madness, and aliens are in two scenes. I counted. The... <laughs> The first scene, the initial invasion, and then there's like one scene where it's like attack of the killer tomatoes, you're getting attacked by a big bush, and then it's like you don't know what side John Goodman's on, the kid from Moonlight is like kind of like a freedom fighter, and I don't even know if that's really what happened because it was a difficult movie to follow. Yeah. That's like, and it's like, it's not like a asses in the seats cast, like, but it's good cast. Like yeah. you got John Goodman, Vera Farmiga, and dude from Moonlight, who was great in the movie. He was the middle kid. Let's call him Ashton Sanders because that's his name, Ashton and stop calling him the dude from Moonlight. Sorry, I started that. Moonlight. He was so good in Moonlight. Yeah, I thought he was good in Equalizer too. And like, mm-hmm. Dee Sweeney was in Captive State. I was like, where has he been for twenty years? He was there. So I was like, okay. And it's like, they were all like, John Goodman is like, it's almost like he's doing King Lear or something. Like, he's just acting the hell out of this movie. Yeah. That does not make sense. But he like, was also in The Gambler with Rupert Wyatt, too. So, like, they have some type of yeah. bond like, relationship. Like, what did he read that he was like, oh, yeah, I'm blah, 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 blah. He's like, he's like super into this character and like, doing these things that's super dramatic, get in the car and all this. And I'm like... A portion of that impression was spot on. It was... <laughs> he's my uncle, so it's like... Mm-hmm. This comes natural. John, the John Goodman is what I call him. But, um... <laughs> it's like, it's the whole thing was like so dramatic. Like, every time he'd go into her apartment or whatever, she'd be sitting at the piano or whatever the fuck. I don't remember. And she'd just like look at him and it was so dramatic. And I was like... Until the end, Vera Farmiga had no purpose in that movie. Oh, like, I was, he's just, like, rubbing her face, like, we can't do this. Yeah. This big, and on the side, I was like, do what? Like, what are you doing? And there is... I swear, before they filmed the end, somebody, like, just got a light bulb, like, she's done nothing. Write this. Shit. It works. Like I like like I said, I won't say it was horrible. Like I feel like there's artistic value. Yeah. In, and like maybe I need to rewatch it. Like maybe I missed something. But it was like the whole thing. I was kind of like it's just it's like a it's like a beautiful plate with nothing on it. Mm. Jason. Basically, what's like, a good plate with nothing on it? Like, yeah. It's it's very low on my. I'm right telling you, thing. like I think he had help with apes. Because between the gambler and captive state, it's just like, dude, like, dude, why do I care about these characters? Like, why, why, why do I care about a dude who pisses away all this money? And why do I care about this alien invasion that has no aliens? <laughs> I don't remember the gambler almost at all. I fell asleep watching that movie two different times. 
Oh. I, I can't say I hated it because I remember like getting through it. Yeah. I remember him talking. I remember him like being in front of the class, like Mark Wahlbergy, and like leaning on the desk and talking. That's what I remember from the game. Like, That's what it like, was. I think Brie Larson was in his class, if I'm yes. not mistaken. There it is. Yes. Gambler. 2014. 2014. The remake. That's it. Spoilers. Okay, we've talked enough about Captain State for this entire episode. So. Available at Redbox now. <laughs> Shameless plug. Nick, your worst <laughs> of the year. Go. Dude. Okay. I've ta- I don't know if I've talked about it on here, but we have talked about it. I, has anybody in the world seen the movie Serenity? With Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Spoiler alert, that's my number one favorite. Ah, uh, shit. Well, psych. Haven't no, seen it. And you mentioned it before, and. I know. want people to see it. Psych. It's one of those. Haven't seen like, it. It's like, this is so bad that I feel like it was intentional, and I kind of want people. It's like the room. It's like, I, like, I want people to see this because there's no way this is. They thought that this was going to be good. Like, there's no way. They wrote this script, and these Academy Award winners read this script and were like, yep, this is it. This, this is, is my Men in Black International. I, th- yeah. I thought these trailers looked good, but because of you, I'm not seeing this movie. <laughs> I, I beg you to watch it. Like, I don't think you'll be like, wow, I wasted my time. Because, like, to me, that's not a waste of time. It's like I'm watching a movie that I'm interested in. But it's like, holy shit. Just like, and I don't know. Like, there's a part of me that I feel like, retrospect, like, down the line, somebody's going to be like, yeah, I wrote this as a joke. I wrote it because Hollywood is taking itself so seriously. And I want to be like, nope, no, you did not. (laughs) This is going to be this profound thing. And it was was ridiculous. Like, it's so stupid that my mouth was like. If it pops up on something like Netflix or HBO that I'm paying for already. I might sit through it. it I like. I want more people to watch it. I'm not gonna so blind buy it or rent this ever. Don't buy it. That's a. Like, <laughs> I, I bought Captive State. Like I, Captive State to me was like a two and a half. I thought I was like, eh, I'm not gonna regret putting it on my shelf. Like I'm like, man, mm-hmm. Captive State. I passed right over Serenity. Like I was like, nope, 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 nope. I don't care who's in it. I think it's, when two, that Tuesday came around, I was like, damn, he didn't buy Serenity. Hell no. Like, I was like, <laughs> no, like I, might, I haven't bought Holmes and Watson yet because it was just not good. I but did. because of who's in it, I've always thought, you know, it seems weird that I don't have that. Yeah. So if I ever find that super cheap or at like a thrift store or something like that, I'll probably buy Holmes and Watson just to have it. Mm. on the shelf. I can't spend 20 bucks on it. Yeah, like, Holmes and Watson I, is trash, but, because yeah. I have so many Will Ferrell movies, yeah, it just felt that, weird to not grab it. That's where my thought process is. I'm like, it feels weird to not have it, like, if I ever did a marathon or something, I don't know. It feels weird that I don't have that. I will never buy Serenity. Like, I will never watch that for any kind of... No Anne Hathaway, it, Jason Clark, Matthew McConaughey binges <laughs> going on that Serenity will be necessary. First hey, and you saw it in theaters, Serenity. I did. I Man. walked right in there. Bunch of old people, too. And it's, like, rated R. And mm. it's a bunch of, like, older folks who probably, like, oh, this looks like a nice little movie. About- <laughs> and holy shit. Matthew like, McConaughey's I, you know, about to murder his ex-girlfriend's husband. 
who abuses her. It looks like this, like, pulpy, like, noir movie, like, ooh, slinky Anne Hathaway. That, and that's a good Anne Hathaway. Like, ooh, like, Ben Patel Anne Hathaway. Nope. Indeed. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's just, like, ooh, sexy fisherman McConaughey. Like, oh, he's, he's, we haven't seen him for a while. Nope. It's just... So The Hustle is the better 2019 Anne Hathaway release. Yes. Without like, question. significantly, and that's bad. Like, that's not... <laughs> that, like, by an entire, like, star and a half, I think. Like, I just checked. It's not streaming anywhere, so I guess we'll be waiting a while. Serenity. It's not streaming for free, like Netflix or Prime or whatever. Formerly uh, Chicago that, resident, now somewhere in Texas resident, Eric Sigmund, <clears throat> worst of the year. That's pretty easy. Um, <laughs> Dark Phoenix. It's going to be Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix overtook Escape Room? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's... Escape Room. I'm trapped. And that's why Dark Phoenix um, overtakes. Escape Room is... The thing with Escape Room is... I think potential was wasted. They could have done more with it. It's January horror. It's a, what's that? It's January horror. I mean, yeah, you take what um, you get. What killed me with Escape Room is that ending. With the, it's like what? What the hell is going on? And I see what they. It, that's a that's a post-it note. That Independence Day resurgence ass sequel setup. Yeah, exactly. It's a, a post-it note. It, it's it's definitely I'm willing to bet that it was a reshoot like we gotta but um no Dark Phoenix is just no excuse that um that that that's what that was and no that's that's horrible I think I'm I wanna go back and lower the rating that I gave it probably zero stars and <laughs> it's not that bad oh man <laughs> Oh, Man, what's no? Nah, this <laughs> no, it's, it's not zero stars. I, I take that back. It's um, but no, nah, it, it's I haven't. Yeah, even worse than now. Hellboy, we talk about disappointing. Hellboy is just disappointing with the people involved, Neil Marshall and. But yeah, Dark Phoenix is. I think I can't think of anything that's the worst. Yeah, the, the hell with. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, Conan, the, that movie, The Hell With You. <laughs> it makes me like, wonder, like, what's wrong with, like, should I even do this anymore? Because, like, I kind of like Dark Phoenix. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't be doing this. I swear, I mean, yeah. The actual character of Dark Phoenix. I like the character. Yeah. I swear, I mean, yeah. If, if, if I hear somebody, like, completely just wipe their ass and flush with a movie that I didn't completely hate I think it's just something wrong with the way I watch movies yeah. it's, <laughs> but man it's like everything you go back and I guess I'm just no I don't think I am dissecting it too much Jessica Chastain she was wasted how How do you this is what I wanted to show you look at it I mean what a the, better impression just... than Nick's John Goodman <laughs> did she just wake up it's, it's like I got this this scenario in my head to where her agent gave her a call. Hey, we got an easy five million dollars for you. Come get up. Where's the script? Forget the script. Let's go to the set. What <laughs> script? Get over here. Yeah, and because her performance is, I understand she's supposed to be like an alien being and all that with the no emotion, but this and that. But it's 
I've seen those type of characters done a lot better. And she, Jessica Chastain, is who she is, a great actress. She'll redeem herself in September. Exactly. Her and McAvoy. <laughs> yeah. And but yeah, it's McAvoy just... got glass though. McAvoy was like, man, I don't play like twenty seven ass characters this year. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he was in a man, that's right. <laughs> but um yeah, I have to go with Dark Phoenix is just yeah. and, you know, when the director himself came comes out and say, Yeah, I screwed up. Yeah. You know, I don't think I'm bashing it too much. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, he, he kind of had to. I feel like Singer would have done the same thing. It's like, hey, do, I honestly think Singer do, don't give a damn. I yeah. don't think he would have. Yeah, Singer made like three and a half great X Men movies. Um, like, do we feel like because of the merger, like everybody, even like common basic ass moviegoers who don't even care, was just like, this is the last one. Why go see it? Disney's gonna redo it all anyway. There were yeah, so many yeah. factors into the failure of Dark Phoenix. That's true enough, but you know, if I was, you know, Kingberg, um, I would have like look here, knowing that fact that, look, I'm going out on top. You know what I mean? After he tried to do Dark Phoenix over two movies, and Fox was like, Nah, bruh, I just yeah. I would have just bailed on the whole thing and just redone a X Men Four. Right. Yeah. Just bail on that story is it? The story can't be done in one movie yeah you should have learned your lesson the first time and when there's so many other stories you could have went with in the x-man universe that you could have told in one movie with omega red as the villain because he's the one villain that hasn't really been in a movie that i've wanted in a movie deadpool 2 does not count (laughs) there you go yeah i I give you that and but yeah it's it's a sad it's a sad note for the i guess the the 20th century fox x-man to go out on you know, what do you think? I mean, Nick, how about this? Can you recommend a movie to somebody? Would you ever? Dark Phoenix? Yeah. Everybody that I meet, I would say, go see Dark Phoenix. <laughs> Great. About to be out of theaters completely. If I was, like, recommending one X-Men movie, no. Like, mm-hmm. not at all. If you had to recommend three with Dark Phoenix, like, if you had to recommend, you had to recommend five. Like the post-in-game hype for Dark Phoenix just was not there. Like no. it was never. Yeah, like, it's like oh, this. Is... Like even when like Avengers came out, like the first one, the Amazing Spider-Man came out like a couple months later, like a month or two, mm-hmm. and like even that, like at the time it was like there was hype for it even though it was a separate thing and it was kind of like shoulder shrugs and like oh maybe people were still like well it's a spider-man movie yeah you know we're still not getting these as you know often as we get so we got to take what we can get and like that's just not there anymore i don't think for people like it's like if i don't go see dark phoenix i'm just gonna get spider-man in a couple weeks you know it's like or Far From Home. It's like, if, if I if I skip Dark Phoenix, I can just go see Far From Home in a couple weeks. It's like, it didn't used to be like that. I think that's why Amazing Spider-Man 2 was not as big as they thought, because it was kind of like, it's it another Spider-Man. smack dab in between Winter Soldier and Days of Future Past. Yeah, it was like, we got all this coming out, it's like, I don't really need it. So I just feel like that's, and maybe Hellboy to a certain extent, like people are just like, I'm gonna, an end game coming out, I'm not gonna see fucking some Shazam. Hellboy. Like, you know, 
Captain Marvel just happened. It's like, I'm not going to see Hellboy now. I got in-game con. I'm going to save my money. Yeah. That's what I feel like hit Dark Phoenix more than even Fox wants to, like, admit. It's just, they're what they could not get the hype up for it. Like, other than, like, diehard X-Men fans, of which there's, like, sticks. (laughs) You know, it's not Deadpool. So they were just like, yeah, this will be it. That plus the whole, like, this is probably it for all of them. People just skipped it. Hmm? Shame. But yeah, that should have thrown out the whole script and just polished it up. Where we at? Bet we on the last one out. We on best now. Do any of the three of us have a best that didn't get re-released the last weekend? <laughs> with Probably with not. additional footage. Yeah. Like I got my top five written down on a jank paper. But... To yeah. mix it up, you want to talk about a different one? You know, I got an idea to mix it up. What's up? How about most um, overlooked or underrated? Like a, a good movie that you think a lot of people didn't see for whatever reason. Because I got one interesting one. My number Dark is Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Dark Phoenix. Go ahead and start us off. Since All right. Endgame is everybody's so, favorite. Alright. Let's see. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so this movie is a sequel, and it's real interesting. A lot of people, I would assume, didn't like it because, eh, I guess it's a mild spoiler, it kind of switches genres. I know where you're going. Movie I know where you're going. Sets. <laughs> and I think they did a good job with it. And I think the story as a whole, it had um, actually some nice emotional punch in the middle when um, the, the lead characters reunited with a person who was previously not there in the first movie now i'm talking about um wait 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 wait, wait, wait. nick you know what he's talking about we just said it oh you heard him he probably or did you did you have a clue no yeah so happy happy death day to you the sequel to happy death day i really liked happy death day yeah and and the thing is it uh, i think it came out uh, well, I don't think the promotion was as good as the the first movie. Nah, yeah. and like and it just February was uncharacteristically stacked too. Yeah, that's true. And it was um, yeah, it was just a, a, like a hiccup. I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot this is out. And um, and I was speaking about um, swapping genres. It basically went from a, a slasher horror movie to a sci-fi movie. Yeah, yeah, you it know, like, and yeah, like Rick and Morty or something like that. Right, and um. <laughs> And I think the the, the genre sh- the genre swap was kind of jarring, and people didn't expect it. And it I fun. loved it. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it more than it was like a lot of people didn't like it. I think they couldn't follow all the stuff. Right. And obviously I, I not super, fans of like, Flash. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the, the emotional stuff. I mean, uh, it was really good with um you know her being reunited with her mother and. That little stuff you had to say goodbye. Yeah. I'm like, man, that's this some for this type of movie. That's some really heavy stuff, and it, it was done well. And they still kept the, it was still a slasher technically. They still had yeah. that aspect of it, and just the fun that they had with the, I guess the alternate dimension or whatever. They really did some awesome stuff with it. And you know, to have other movies come out this year that is probably number one on our list with alternate timelines, 
you know, it held its own as far as telling a story about that. And I think it's unfortunately got overlooked, painfully overlooked. Especially like with the Blumhouse, it's almost like yeah, those come out and it's almost like guaranteed to make money, even if it's not like huge. Yeah, yeah. But like Rain said, it's just they 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 just chose a really bad release because February was stacked. Yeah, and. And, and then, like, right before there, it came out, like, really... wasn't it, like, the anniversary of, like, a school shooting or something? They had to, like, real quick, like, adjust the, that release date by a day or two? Yeah, it was um just bad, unfortunate timing. Yeah, it was but... fun. I hope they make a third. Yeah. I would and, even... third maybe, like, and you can see... Yeah. Because, the... like, like, that mid-credit scene or whatever it was was silly. Right. They would just... Ha- you see how much fun they would just having with the movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I would wouldn't mind seeing the third but it doesn't like it's gonna happen because unfortunately all that money's going into the next Halloween <laughs> yeah they're gonna make Ma too or yeah. some shit and it's like yeah. I think they spent if I'm not mistaken I could be just wrong but it, it was like a little more expensive than the average Blumhouse movie wasn't it like at least in terms of like I don't know like it was just bigger than the first one like they yeah. took the time flasher and then like made it bigger I feel like they don't want to invest more than like a couple million dollars. Like that's like their shtick. Like we make a movie for seven million dollars, and if it makes ten million dollars opening, that's weekend, a win, then, yeah. That, yeah, right. So, so here it is. I had to look it up. It's not bad. The budget was only nine million dollars, but um, it's the yeah, it's still made over you. budget, but it just didn't make what the first one did. Yeah, I guess it's technically probably a hit. I mean, like recouping his budget back, I hope. you know. But um, and the lead actress in the movie, I forget her name, and she's just great. Oh, I know her name, right. but I can't think of it now. Jessica yeah. Roth. There Rose. it is. There you go. There it's, it is. Uh, and she's awesome. I mean, yeah, she's good. It's, it's it's crazy that she's thirty years old. <laughs> but um, no, that's um, yeah, my best, I guess overlooked or underrated movie so far. Nick, you got one? Yeah, so I, I like wrote down my whole top five. Like I didn't know what we were doing. My number two, I think it and uh it's Book Smart, which I think a lot of people didn't get to see because it didn't come to their theaters. Yeah, it didn't come here. Yeah. <laughs> it shows a wide release like right up against John Wick, which was a stupid choice in my yeah. opinion. Like they should have had a slow rollout and like gained some word of mouth and released it against the- Dark Phoenix. Yeah, <laughs> that know. probably would have worked. But I don't know. Like that movie just did not hit. I think the way that they thought it was going to hit, kind of like a like one of the sleeper comedies of the summer. Like it yeah. just didn't. But it's so good. Like it really is. Like all the hype for it is warranted, in my opinion. It's really easy to compare to super bad because it hits a lot of the same notes but there's a lot of movies like that like teen comedies like you know going to a party before graduation like the whole thing like it's been done before but just the characters and like the things they get into and like the reasons why they're friends and like have stuck together for so long like it just it's really good i think it's my currently my number two i've only got two movies of the year that i've ranked like four and a half it's like almost perfect Mm. Uh, I plan to buy it and hopefully have the opposite reaction than I did with Capture State. 
Yeah, but I think <laughs> like you won't be all confused at the end and be like, I don't understand anything. Why did they party? Why was that happening? They were going to party. Why did like, Olivia Wilde direct this? Yeah, but no, that I, I don't know. I think they thought releasing it, you know, just wide would be a good move like it would guarantee like make more money and it was just one of those instances where memorial this, day it, weekend party weekend i don't know mm-hmm. mm. but yeah that's that currently my number two movie of the year and also i would say maybe my most overlooked in terms of like everyone like everyone kind of skipped that and went and saw you know avengers again or went and saw john wick or whatever Aladdin. yeah i Dude, I can say Missing Link. I can say The Upside. I can say Brightburn. I think mm. I'm going to go with Alita Battle Angel. Because it was better than I thought it was. I thought, what's her name? Rosa Salazar was good as a title character. And it was like one of the Robert Rodriguez directed James Cameron. This this is actually the movie to blame. Like, if we going back into, you know, reports and all that. This is the movie that bumped Dark Phoenix for the second time back to June. And the effect the effects were cold. Like I walked out, like I hope this gets a franchise. Now that Disney owns it, I just, I don't see more movies coming out. But I thought it was good. I was super into Alita Battle Angel until the end. Like I was so into like I was like even like catching myself. I was like, "This is fucking like this is good." And then it just kind of stopped. Like the movie just kind of ended, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Like that was it. Like the songs playing, and I was like, mm. oh, "That was the end of the movie." Did you all catch it in three D? Did I? I think I did. It yeah, was in stacked February. I don't remember. <laughs> That's true again. Yeah. IMAX three D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw it in IMAX 3D, but um, and as always, anything 3D, 3D James Cameron related is awesome. And oh yeah, yeah, and I hear you about that the ending. It was, <laughs> it was like, but you know what that you know what they're trying to go for. But at the same time, you can't just chop. It was like they had more of an ending, and they were like, no, cut it here. And they were like, yeah. we got it. She's gonna do a badass walk or something. And they were like, no. Stop. Yeah, wait, like, wait, wait. This actor's walking down the street. Let's put him in one scene and set him up for the next one. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, it is. And speaking of a leader, I know you all have... You all saw um, From Dust Till Dawn. Yes. Another Robert Rodriguez movie. A long time ago. I plan on rewatching it before... Like, I'm doing this massive, stupid, overly long Quentin Tarantino marathon. It'll be in there. No, I asked that question because did you notice the bar in Alita Battle Angel? Was it the twister? No, it was. If you look at the bar, it was the same design as in From Dust Till Dawn. It's the same bar. The whole set. I like it more because that's that's like a really cool. I remember a badass fight. (laughs) Jeff Fahey and Ed Skrine and. A lot of characters were in that fight. Right. But how was the, the numbers from Alita Battle Angel? I'm having really... It didn't it make a hundred. It's, it's, I it's back and forth. Like, it it topped out at like like 80-something. 
Mm. Which is, like, okay, but, like, probably not what they wanted. Not anywhere near what they expected. I've heard, yeah. I've heard, like, different things. I heard, like, when Dark Phoenix came out and they were talking about how disappointing it was, I read a thing that compared it to Alita. Like, back before, they were like, it hasn't even made what Alita Battle Angel made in two weeks. And I was like, mm. oh, is that bad? Like, right, I was right. Like, <laughs> Whoa. Alita. And there was something about the home video release. Like, I think it, it got, like, Something got screwed up. That's why it's not coming out till July, even though it was out in February. Yeah, for a February theatrical release, it's taking a long time for it that's to come true, on Blu-ray. Yeah. There was some reason. Yeah, that's almost six months. Yeah, I read it, but I don't trust Instagram like news people as we talk. Yeah. Sure don't. I read something like there was kind of something to do with the merger, maybe like, but. There was some reason why it's not coming out till July, but anyway, here we are. I was wondering though, since since Disney's taken over, will like everything that comes on Blu-ray post merger will will have the stupid like multi-screen format cover art and all that. Mm. I don't think Alita will. It's so cool. No, I still hate it. It's been like two and a half years. I still hate it. This multi-screen edition though. Like, you can watch it on Blu-ray and DVD, as if we haven't been doing that for... Nobody's going to do that at the same time, stupid Disney. We've never put out the Blu-ray combo facts. Uh -uh. But yeah, Alita, that's a good one. This um, this wasn't a bad movie. Nah. And... And and directors like um Robert Rodriguez, um, I really like him. You, you know, you want to pull for that type of filmmaker. Yeah. And it's um it's interesting. This is the first movie I think where he hasn't done eighteen jobs because he only directed it. Cause, yeah. yeah, which is funny. Speaking of James Cameron and three D, like we better get transported into these Avatar sequels as long as they've come out. Like either the theater better turn into Pandora, or yeah. we better turn blue and have tails and be able to connect those tails to animals to ride. <laughs> think of something because yeah. three sort of jumped the shark now. Oh, yeah. even, it's just kind of like it's like theater. It's like my IMAX theater. I haven't seen an IMAX 3D movie in my theater since Endgame, mm. and Endgame only had one 3D showing a day. Every, wow! Like three or four other showings a day that were just 2D. Like I've I haven't seen Endgame in 3D. I would have. Like, I would have ponied up the... IMAX 3D, to me, is worth it, because it's the same price. Mm-hmm. I don't go see a lot of regular 3D movies. Just yeah, I avoid it if I can, too. Yeah. And the thing with that is, um, I'm surprised it went under the radar as much as it did. Um, Avengers, Infinity War, and Endgame are the only movies shot 100% with IMAX cameras. Yeah. Every single frame. <laughs> worth it. And um, I think, Nick, you said um, about you know, 3D jumping the shark. And I think what I agree with you 100%. And what led to that. I agreed in 2010. <laughs> there you go. And what led to that is because that started happening a lot after that. Um, the first Avatar. Like, oh, wait a minute. We could put an um, extra surcharge on the ticket. Let's yeah. convert every freaking movie into 3D. And let's do it half ass. Yeah. 
you know, make it look like crap. And then you miss the actual movies that took their time to film in 3D and make it look like Gravity. Has anybody seen Gravity in 3D? Did I see? I don't know if I saw it in 3D. No. I'm still And it's one of the best. Sorry. Now, (laughs) and what what was awesome about that is, and people, okay, it's in space. How can they make 3D? And they, they, they fucking did it. It's one of the best 3D movies I've ever seen. A close second to the first Avatar. And one of the better 3D movies, believe it or not, shot in 3D, a comedy. Harold and Kumar. Yes. Christmas. You took my answer. Yeah. I, I was going to... The two, <laughs> like... My two coolest 3D experiences, and y'all are going to laugh, is Harold and Kumar, when they, the, the smoke rings came out the screen, like, it was, like, real 3D. And then yeah. Saw 3D, when he's, like, glued to that car seat, like, tongues were flying out. I remember sitting in a theater, and I had to juke when the tongue came out. I was like, oh, shit. Nah, Harold and Kumar, because it was, like, intentional. Like, they would, like... Right. And it was, like... It was parody-like, but it then again, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. Yeah. Because I saw, um, talk about bad 3D conversions. I saw the first Thor. And imagine Asgard. This should look great, right? Should. It was like, you know, we've all seen 3D movies when you take the glasses off and it's like, okay, this it's flat and this is a horrible conversion job. And this amazing place, you know, with the, the bridge and just that should have been the most awesome thing in 3D ever, and it wasn't. It was horrible. And But, yeah, it's, the 3D has definitely jumped the shark. But you speak of the new Avatar. I have a gentleman's bet with um a friend of mine, and he said James Cameron is cooking up something. He said he's going to make 3D without glasses. I may have heard that. <laughs> it makes no sense, but I may have recently heard that. And he think it's gonna be his think is gonna reclaim the highest grossing movie. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. Gentleman's bet. Yeah, I, t- <laughs> I take that bet too, because like when when Avatar was phenomenal in 2009, but like Avatar, like as good as Avatar is, and it still is, like there are a lot of people who like consider it like a joke and a punchline now. Yeah. And that's it's gonna affect like as long as it's taking these sequels to come out, that's gonna affect the box office for the sequels. Mm. It also, like in 2009 like there were not a lot of 3D at least like in my theaters like they weren't showing every movie in 3D like I remember yeah. Up came out and people talked about oh I got to see Up in 3D and it was amazing and I was like oh that would probably be cool Avatar, Avatar might have been the first theatrical just movie movie that I saw in 3D like it might have been like I'm trying to think oh. of something before mm. that and I got nothing. So, like, Oops. that was, like, a big part of Avatar's shtick. Right. Like, you have to go see this in 3D. You have to see this if it's in your IMAX theater. And I didn't have an IMAX theater mm. in 2009. So it was, like, more people that did, I think, flocked to it. It was like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime event. This yeah. is happen with every single movie that follows this. And, of course, it did. So it's like, they're going to have to do something to make it feel like mm-hmm. special. Maybe and to be fair... Hold on, hold on. Um, let, let me cut off. Go ahead. We're getting close. And about Avatar, we were talking about 
the um yeah what were you the experience in 3d as far as um it was 80 percent of all the showings of avatar yeah were 3d and um it was almost like you didn't have a choice like i remember yeah. going in 3d and like my sister got sick and i was like <laughs> awesome like i was like this is so worth it and but, yeah there's a reason why the movie made as much money as it did you know yeah like, but um, this idea, like, this is a once in a lifetime thing, like, but until like, it becomes every something. week. Yeah, like maybe that. Did anybody ever go see the Rugrats movies, like back when they were in theaters and they got the scratch and sniff <laughs> thing, where it was like the little thing came on the screen and it was like he was eating a banana, so then you scratched your banana and sniffed it. And it was like, oh, it's like I'm there. No, uh-uh. <laughs> that with the Avatar sequel. But I remember the first 3D movie. I ever saw it was 1991. Um, Freddy's dead. Yep, Freddy's dead. The the last um, ten minutes was 3D, and it was the old school, you know, stereophonic, you know, red and blue lenses. Yeah. And it was um, it was just interesting, but amazing how long that lasted. Like those like red and blue. Like, I remember. I might have been. You know what? Remember Spy Kids 3D. Yeah, the spy kids and smell thing too, if I'm not mistaken. But I missed it. But that's all that was. But I remember buying the DVD for that and just yeah. sitting home and watching it with the fucking paper glasses, <laughs> just being like, mm-hmm. the future. This is it. Yeah, and I think Spy Kids was probably one of the first movies to do. Uh, I'm not sure what the process is. It wasn't the stereophonic. I think the the crystallized glasses because it wasn't quite what we wear now. But the glass they were clear, yeah. but still the paper it wasn't the hard plastic but um you know uh, rodriguez it's no coincidence rodriguez and cameron work together they like to push technology yeah but even like yeah like they weren't even putting out 3d blu-rays for a minute like i remember jackass 3d yeah there you go was pretty good and but when that came out on blu-ray it came with like the regular old like yeah glasses but then by like 2010 they were putting out those things or not everything but like they were putting out a lot of stuff in 3d mm. like our didn't even get a 3d blu-ray release initially when it came out yeah or two and but no something i mean something special has to be done with these avatar sequels because who talks about avatar even even to bash it nobody really talks about it mm-hmm and, you know, it's like, you know, Star Wars and the Avengers, stuff you talk about through the years, even when it's not in theaters. And Disney movies, you know, sitting at a table, like, man, it's 2015. Man, that Avatar was awesome, wasn't it? You know, you don't get that. Nah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's um. to be honest, I only saw the movie twice. I saw it once <laughs> in theaters, the 3D, it was awesome. And then I saw it on cable. And... With all the good stuff yeah, edited out. <laughs> yeah, it's aliens, sex scenes, the all the graphic Pandora <laughs> nudity. So no, I don't know if he has anything up his. Yep, I'm still here. Oh, there he is. But now, um, then when is the second one coming out? The Avatar 22, and they A keep year pushing it from around. 2045. Yeah, until it gets pushed Ain't back no... again. Cameron, James Cameron is going on $14,000 a day, deep sea expeditions and 
doing 18 avatars and yet we still don't have a true lies blu-ray exactly don't get me started <laughs> on a true lies blu-ray but um that's that's my that's my thing but yeah something is and we speak of um like anticipation of a movie um is really is there any anticipation for these avatar sequels no 10 years Not after the fact the story like there's nobody clawing their eyes out like i need to know what happens next yeah like there's people like me like i'll go see it regardless yeah like it's whatever and i'm almost more interested in just like well what's the latest development in this train wreck like i'm like what are they gonna do now right. but there's nobody who's like freaking out like i cannot wait to see what they're up to right Dora. like be cool like i'm sure it'll be cool but how mad is fox that they never got to collect from these movies though mm. like, that all that money's going to disney like they need more money now right yeah, yeah that's well, that's my thoughts on avatar is whenever it finally comes out it's, you know it'll be curious and by the time you know we we're get... gonna go see it but is it gonna be you know us like the the movie buffs because they're james cameron yeah. you know back on the screen and dude by the time yeah, we we'll, get avatar 2 i'll have canceled yeah. the podcast and become a hobo <laughs> it's a scratch and sniff i'm telling you they're gonna bring it back the yeah, they, for that they next rograts movie yeah like you say they have to do something and like the what uh what randy was saying the movie theater has to turn into pandora and you have actual live actors in the theater and interacting with the screen. You know, 3D is, like you said, definitely jumped the shark. It's just yeah. not an event. Like, it's not a special mm-hmm. thing. It It's cool. Like, I'm never going to really bash 3D because I'm like, whatever. It's right. cool. But it's just not something that people feel like, oh, I have right. to spend my money on this. Is that like, yeah. I look at my Hobbs and Shaw showings. And I was like, it's coming to IMAX, and it's like not, but it's got 3D showings. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Like, I feel like I could skip Hobbs and Shaw in 3D, and I'll be okay. Like, I'll I got a question for y'all. Experience. Something that I, th- I think they thought was going to be big, and it just crashed and burned, is um the home 3D televisions. Never yeah. happened. Re- re- remember that? Yeah. I had one until like a couple weeks ago. Mm. Uh, that was like my main TV, really, and it—it's like the backlight or something finally burned out on it. I didn't, but I will say, like the 3D on a TV is better than a theater, typically. And that's the crazy thing. That's why I was yeah. getting it, but it didn't. People, I don't know, weren't buying them, and they just—I didn't sit and watch 3D movies like all the time. Like after a while, it's just kind of like I—I I just want to watch them. Yeah, but. I bought 3D combo packs like any chance I got up until I started getting 4Ks, which they still do put out 3D. Yeah, they do. It's, um, People yeah. act like it's dead, and it's yeah. not dead. It's just like Disney quit doing it. Disney always put out the best. Yeah. The main, oh, yeah, the main 3D yeah. Blu-rays I have are those MCU movies that only had slipcovers. And then like <laughs> Dread and Sin City 2 yeah. that yeah, forced people to grab them. Like, yeah, the MCU movies are, like, gorgeous. And, like, they used to put out, like, Disney used to put out five-disc Blu-rays. And it was, like, it was, like, 3D, your regular. 
your special oh, DVD, and I was just like, so right. I always buy those. And once I finally got, I was buying those even before I had a 3D TV. Like I was like, no, oh, those are that's just too for the price. That's just too much. Like, right. And and you'll have it whenever you do. Definitely used it, but I'm kind of bummed now actually that it quit working because. Mm-hmm. I like to have it, like, just to be like, I have all these 3D movies, like, hey, baby, you want to watch a 3D movie? <laughs> like, cause that's how I talk. <laughs> want to watch Piranha 3D? And she'll be like, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. 3DD. 3DD? Like, yeah. like, all right. I'm calling the cops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, that's my take on Avatar. It's just... Yeah, whatever. Cool. Uh, that was that was most disappointing. That was most uh, surprising. Worst of the first half of the year. Best of the first half of the year. Most underrated. Go check out those underrated movies. Uh, that was some three D discussion. Some off the cuff three D discussion. Right quick. <laughs> um, if if y'all got any thoughts about any of that if anybody out there want to share their dead 3d tv stories drop a comment hit a voice message nick will sympathize with you uh in two weeks i don't i don't put it out there i want to i want to talk to movie collectors not necessarily blu-ray collectors if you still got vhs i want to you know, i just i want to talk to people like i'm gonna do something real fun in a couple weeks both you guys said y'all are down to be on it when i get back I'm going to talk about something sports-related. I might just break a sweat on camera. Um, it's Rec League Podcast. Okay, man, that was our uh, first half of 2019 recap. Uh, man, definitely chime in, man. Comment, voice message, depending on how you get your Rec League fix. And we'll respond. I'll respond on wax to those messages, man. But um, NBA free agency is literally just started, so I'm I'm just gonna like run down what I've heard. To um, I'm just I'm just gonna recap and and report. I'm going to spread the word on what I've heard, you know what I'm saying? Like I don't break news, man. I mean, I'm in my back bedroom in my apartment doing the pod right now. I don't have no sources. I'm not Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm not no Shams Kamara. Um so all I can do is is read off ESPN, man. All I can do is spread the word on what I know. Um you know, boring deals like Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, they're staying with Milwaukee. Terrence Ross and I think even uh, Vucevic are staying in Orlando. But then you got like Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan are going to Brooklyn. You got uh, Kimba Walker going to Boston. Thaddeus Young going to the Bulls. You got um, nothing, no, no word officially on Klay Thompson or... Um, on uh, Clay Thompson or Ka- uh, Kawhi Leonard yet? Um, I, th- I think I heard Harrison Barnes staying in Sacramento, Chris Asporzingis staying in Dallas, and then 
I, th- I think that I mean that's it for the first like 20 minutes that free agency has been underway. But man, the league is going to be different, man. I you know I'm hoping my Pacers can sign. The rumor is that my Pacers are going to sign Ricky Rubio. I'm not ex- I'm not excited about that move, but with Darren Collison just like abruptly announcing his retirement, man, like we need a point guard. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be mad if we just let Aaron Holiday just get the keys to the car and and make the best out of it, man, cuz no matter what, the Pacers first couple months of the season are going to be a little rough cuz the rumor is that Victor Oladipo is not even going to be back on the court until like December, Christmas or New Year's. So, I mean, like, I already dislike the Nets. I can tell y'all that. But, like, let's not hand the the Brooklyn Nets the the Eastern Conference Championship already. Kevin Durant's not playing next year. Kyrie Irving is basically going to have to carry this team into the playoffs. And if KD comes back healthy, he's still not going to be as effective I mean he could like if if he comes back and plays in the playoffs he could re-aggravate his injury if I'm the Nets and if I'm Kevin Durant I'm not touching the playoffs next season like I'm chalking the playoffs up as a loss next season and then come back in two years and then you can pretty much give them at least the Eastern Conference Championship because I mean depending on what the Lakers do depending on what the Warriors do Brooklyn's still not good enough to to beat them um, I mean, you need pieces. And what's his name? Jared Allen. He should still start over DeAndre Jordan. Like DeAndre Jordan is almost washed. I hope I hope the Nets didn't give DeAndre a fat contract because like he'll be effective, but he'll he's not gonna like be his Clippers self. And then and then the Celtics. I'm I'm curious to see because I really like Kimba Walker, and um. I'm just curious to see how he meshes in Brad Stevens' system. I'm curious to see how he meshes in, uh, you know, with the other players, man. Oh, I think uh, Terry Rozier, on that note, is going to go to Charlotte. And J.J. Redick is going to go to New Orleans. I was hoping the Pacers could make a pull for J.J. Redick, too, but obviously that didn't happen. Uh, Bogdanovich, Bojan Bogdanovich is rumored to be talking to the Jazz and or maybe the Spurs. Um, nothing official. He's another guy. I hope the Pacers do whatever they got to do to keep. But, yeah, like, the NBA has been over, like, two weeks. I miss basketball already. Um, NFL is on the way. I was going to get my dude Roberto to talk about the Stanley Cup Finals or the NHL Draft. Which I mean, it's it's a little late to talk about either one of those two, but um, I'll come back in like two weeks after like all the big name free agents are signed, and you know we'll react like we'll react to to official deals because like ink will be dry by that time, and hopefully I can get somebody to to jump in with me, and you know actually talk about what's gonna happen like what. The league is gonna be because by then we'll know where Kyrie, where where Kawhi Leonard went. We'll know if the Pacers signed, you know, re-signed anybody. We already let that go, so we gotta keep bulgy, man. We gotta keep bulgy because I don't know. We might be we might be a road playoff team if we don't do something to stay, you know, in the mix, man. Because Boston's making moves, Brooklyn's making moves. 
and the Pacers, as usual, are just there. Um, but when I when I come back, man, I got some bars, and then that's gonna wrap wrap up this episode, uh, Rec League podcast, man. Up in it, bro, bro. These rhymes is a breeze. They itching. Do they got fleas or are they just fiends? Do what I please. You better bow down on both knees. Broke motherfuckers Urkel like got any cheese? Did I do that? Spew that? New raps? These dudes Midwest autumn pussy. Cool cats. Only in my stable do they kick rhymes. They spew facts. They can only reply. True that. Oh, we go in there. Yo, weak bars don't compare. Flow got the ocean going scared. On tippy toes, these hoes exposed. See-through clothes might as well be going bare. Turtle power raps don't make me expose a hair. Tortoise, don't you ever ignore this. Or gain entry into the rec league fortress. Eating weak-ass rappers. Back, back while I smorgasbord this. Get the fuck out my pockets. I can afford this. Lyrics enormous. I spit fire and torch this. They hate so much. They treat it like I'm Shrek and get the torch. Got something to say, I think I'm done today. This is the part where you run away.